1: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL. For the New England Patriots. This is the Patriots Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Patriots Wire editor, Henry McKenna.
2: All right, Henry, week one of the season is finally upon us. Patriots opening with a familiar opponent. Are you ready for some football this weekend?
3: Yeah, I've been waiting a long time to see some, uh, some real football and maybe a Tiny dose of normalcy, so it should be a, f- a fun weekend.
2: So looking at the Patriots' final 53 for week one, uh, personally, I was a little disappointed to see Damian Harris end up on the IR. I know that doesn't mean we won't see him like around week four, and it's it's only a hand injury I'm hearing, so probably not anything too serious. But uh, you know, I heard from you, Henry, and other reporters that the kid was looking good in camp, and this is another setback. So what do you know about the extent of that injury?
3: Yeah, so uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport said that it's a pinky injury. That required surgery. A There's a chance, pinky. Yeah, the, the final finger. Um, so the, he's eligible to return as soon as week four. There's no obvious timeline on the injury. There, nobody's reported the extent of it and and what the surgery was and what the normal recovery time is. So the Patriots cut Lamar Miller earlier um, this offseason. You know, just just right around the day of 53 uh, man cuts and that puts sort of Sony Michelle firmly in the driver's seat for that early down job uh, for the running back, So, you know, there's still Rex Barkhead, who they like to use in the red zone a fair amount, uh, because he, he can run and catch. Um, Michelle has yet to really prove he can catch the ball. And James White will always be sort of that third down option. But Michelle will probably continue to be sort of that bell cow guy, at least until Harris comes back.
2: Okay, cool. And we'll get into Sony Michelle a little bit, because I know you posted about him on the Patriots Wire. But here, from a fan's perspective, and as you know, I grew up in New England, so I've been following this team for a long time and I I love me some Bill Belichick but I also look at him and go Bill what are you up to my man and and a pinky injury throwing this kid on the uh, IR that could easily just be a roster maneuver and I think Teams across the league, Henry, are manipulating this system, throwing guys on IR, playing with that new practice squad that has more you know slots this year. So, uh, should we buy into this injury? Do we should we buy into it that it's serious? Could Harris have taped that thing up and played?
3: Yeah, I, th- I think it's real. I, I, well, I think that they wanted him to be in a big role in in the offense, like right away. So he he provides an element of pass catching. That Michelle doesn't. So if they could have an early down back that can also catch the ball, I think they'd be happy to have that. So I mean, again, this sort of opens up the window for Michelle to be relevant again, but because sure. um, he was headed on sort of a negative trend. But I think Harris's his, his injuries is for real. I don't. I think you know they they, they were deciding between JJ Taylor and harris on the roster because after harris went to ar excuse me ir they promoted jj taylor to the 53 man roster i don't think i mean he cleared waivers so i don't think that they're like trying to protect him or anything sure and I think I think Harris is is just genuinely hurt.
2: Okay, so Belichick is not messing with us. I, I you know I never can trust you, Bill. I can never trust him. But uh, Henry, you posted about Sony Michelle a lot. Of, like you said, you just alluded to it. A lot of people are down on Michelle right now, especially the Boston media. It seems everybody's crapping on Sony. They don't think he's got it. They think he was picked too high in the draft. So, are you buying a bounce back year for Michelle? Do you think he'll take this opportunity here in the first couple weeks and roll with it?
3: Yeah, I, I I wish I had a really good take on how Sony Michelle is going to do. I can't get my mind straight on it what I do know is that he's going to get a big opportunity and that was sort of what I was alluding to and and that's sort of why I bought into his stock on fantasy football all of a sudden yeah is because the path is cleared for him to be you know he was a 250 carry guy for the first two seasons maybe exception of, of his, his rookie year he was probably 200 and and last year he was right at 250 so if you can get a 250 carry guy really deep in fantasy leagues uh, which is where he's going like 100 and something then that's that's a good move
2: so the patriots obviously opening up against the dolphins you're Miami dolphins Henry I know you're big on the dolphins this year I think I'm and there's been a national movement since our podcast la- dropped last Thursday our first one I think uh you know people are starting to love the Dol- Dolphins I've seen. I think it was, was it Peter King who picked the Dolphins? Some, somebody picked the Dolphins to win the yeah, NFC. Yeah, it was East. Peter King. It was Peter King, okay. So obviously the Dolphins, the big news with them are they're going with Ryan Fitzpatrick, a quarterback against the Pats, which for me a lot less fun and mysterious than if Tua Tungo Viola was starting, right? I mean you kind of know what you're up against with Fitzpatrick. I think you called him the wily old veteran. You know, it's hard to see Belichick losing to a 37-year-old journeyman quarterback for a second straight time here, but uh, you know, what do you think about that specific piece Fitzpatrick back in you know that starting role for the Dolphins going against the Pats week one
3: so weirdly Fitzpatrick is always hard for the Patriots to beat he's a tough guy it's because he doesn't care uh, you know
2: he'll he'll throw at Stefan Gilmore we saw that in week 17 right like Fitz he doesn't he's a he's a wild man
3: yeah a little Fitz magic. he'll, he'll run the ball exactly yeah he'll challenge the best cornerback in the NFL um so I, I think you know, he's a tough guy to defend. Bill Belichick calls him unpredictable.
2: Oh, that's a great word.
3: Yeah, it's a high compliment for Belichick, typically, who likes unpredictable football, I'd say. Yeah, I think he's a hard quarterback to defend. Uh, and, you know, he's not the most efficient quarterback. He's he's like, so I've been playing a lot of golf during quarantine. And in golf, sometimes you have these very ugly but effective, these boobies uh, shots, right, where... You know, maybe it's a low line drive, or maybe it gets a good bounce. That's sort of like the way that Ryan Fitzpatrick plays. He's ugly, but he's effective. So if they had gone with Tua tug of low, it would have been to their disadvantage because Fitzmagic is... I wouldn't call him a Patriot killer, but he plays his best football against the Patriots. And, I mean, I I think they can win. I think they will probably cover the
0: spread, which is like six and a half.
2: Oh, I knew you were going with that, but we'll get into that spread a little bit later. But I knew you were going to go with the Dolphins. We'll be right back on the Patriots Wire podcast.
0: Fantasy
1: football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Start startup These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends out a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com.
4: Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about three fantasy options that I can't wait to play in week number one. Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback Gardner Minshew. He doesn't have a running game to speak of, and he's probably going to have to throw the ball a lot to keep Jacksonville even remotely close in this one. Volume alone should keep him in the number one range for quarterbacks, but it might not be pretty in terms of turnovers. Sticking with that same matchup on the other side of things, Marlon Mack. Jacksonville has lost just about every one of note on defense in the last year or so. This was one of the best fantasy matchups for running back's last year and one can make an argument that this team has regressed. Mack was good for 16 and 19 fantasy points respectively in PPR last year and he's not even a receiving type back. Jonathan Taylor will take some touches but Mack should be able to get his too. And the Seattle Atlanta matchup has DK Metcalf poised to be one of the top receivers of the week. He scored twice last year against them accounting for two of his seven touchdowns on the season. Seattle should be a little bit better on the back end but rookie cornerback AJ Terrell will make his first pro appearance and Metcalf can probably have his way with them. In week number one, don't get too cute. Trust the guys who you drafted highly. Don't try to take too many gambles and take chances where it's smart. Continuity probably will be the biggest factor in success entering the season. For more fantasy football tips and advice, check out the huddle.com, part of the USA Today Sports Network.
0: Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.
1: Just call me Miss Cleo. I'm glad that Cam was able to confirm what I could see. The fact that these two guys, they need each other. They really do. When you look at what Belichick, he lost, what he lost in Brady, a team leader, a guy that he knew players believed in, a guy that knew the system, a guy that whenever he's on the field, okay, we know that Tom will do whatever he can to win. That's what he needed in his next quarterback. And that's what Cam is, a guy that players can look to and say, look at what he's done in his career. Look at where he is. He is hungry. If we are going to win this game, he's going to try to push us over the finish line. And Cam, a guy who felt like he had just been discarded like trash by Carolina, he comes to an organization and proves that not only can he be a captain, he's a hard worker, he's a leader.
2: Alright, so that's Kimberly Martin-Henry on the uh, ESPN Get Up program recently talking about what is what has become a, a straight up love affair between Cam Newton and Bill Belichick. They can't get enough of going on these Zoom meetings and talking about how much they love and appreciate each other, how they're a match made in heaven and all this stuff. How much are you buying that? You know, I mean, it's not like Belichick gave Newton this, like, lucrative contract to come here. It's very much a prove-it deal, a very team-friendly deal. Uh, but Newton is a captain, and they, every chance they get, they're talking about how much they love each other. So are you buying that?
3: Well, I think I think that they're definitely in the honeymoon phase where Newton is working extremely hard working really long hours he's quickly absorbed the Patriots offense and it's clicking and I think we'll see if on the football field it continue it like genuinely clicks right like it's working for now in the building um because they haven't they're not battle tested yet so yeah I mean I'm buying it I think that it's it's this is two people who are desperate kind of for each other in that it's pretty clear the Patriots were not well-equipped at quarterback prior to signing Newton. Sidham was not good enough in camp, and Hoyer was Brian Hoyer, and, and nobody really wants Brian Hoyer as their starting quarterback. Sure. So Belichick needed Cam Newton. He needs to work with Cam Newton for the next year in order to win football games. And and the, uh, the same is true of Newton. Newton needed Belichick to be interested in him in free agency. There was no one else who was going to start Cam Newton at quarterback this year aside from New England. That became pretty clear. So this necessity I think is going to carry throughout 2020 and then we'll see kind of how the relationship evolves can they get past the honeymoon phase and really be like a genuine couple if you will um (laughs) And
1: and get married.
2: I I love the analogy. I I love the analogy. It's like early in that relationship, everything's great. You're spending all this time together. You're so happy. But the the NFL football season is a marathon, right? So maybe by week 10, week 11, we'll see if they're ready to get married. I I think that's a great analogy. I love it, Henry. A key matchup in this game that we heard of ad nauseum was Devontae Parker, Stephon Gilmore, right? We know Parker and Fitzpatrick kind of got the best of Gilmore in Week 17. That was. A, that's a very touchy subject for us Patriots fans. Week 17 last year against the Dolphins. Gilmore, I know he hasn't really chirped to the media at all. It seems like he's kind of quietly focused. What are you expecting in that matchup between Parker and Gilmore?
3: Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of success from Gilmore. I think Parker is... What we saw last year is that he's very good. I think Gilmore will lose you know, a chunk like here and there, you know, it won't be a full shutdown performance, but I think Gilmore is, is absolutely angry, you know, that he didn't, that he let up that, that big game and that big game, you know, it was so influential. It mm-hmm. was, you lose that game, you play in the, in the wild card round. You play in the wall card ground, grounds, you play the Titans and you lose. So, I imagine that's sort of weighing on him. I mean, he's just going to have an elite performance, I think. Yeah. Ultimately.
2: I, I think Gilmore's a guy who, if he's really kind of just coasting, he'll he'll chirp a little bit. He'll give you a little bit of sound. But when he's locked in, he's not going to say anything, and he's going to kind of keep it close to the vest. So I've, I agree with you. I think Gilmore might... He's, he's ready to dominate that uh, matchup, but we'll see. I'll be a key one. So, as Henry alluded to a little bit earlier, the Patriots are favored by almost a touchdown. Six of a half we'll get into that line coming up here on the Patriots Wire podcast
1: it's that time again for the line of the week the inside track to the favorites the underdogs and the over-unders I think I want my money back now here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire Hello, I'm Eston
4: McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin Podcast, and I'm joined by Jeff Clark, my colleague at SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast, and here's what you need to know about the week one matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New Orleans Saints. Tampa Bay is plus 145 on the money line with New Orleans Saints favored at minus 176. Jeff, which side of that do you like? I'm on the Saints. I'm on the favorites minus three and a half. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm big about their offensive continuity. Their offensive line is going to be able to hold up against uh, what should be a pretty good Tampa Bay Buccaneers pass rush. I'm not sold in the Buccaneers secondary right now. And how can you not be sold in the passing attack of the Saints? Hey, Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Rob Gronkowski, Wesco. All-star underdog team, plus 145. Locking that in week one, a big upset in the NFC South. Check out Sportsbook Wire for more with all odds from BetMGM Sportsbook. Subscribe to Slipping Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left... Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Henry, you already kind of
2: talked about it. The, the Pats are favored by six and a half. You are probably going to take the points with the, with the Dolphins if you had to. Why do you think you should take the points here?
3: Yeah, I just don't know if the Patriots are ready for for the season. Um, everybody's on a short and off season. That's what they'll tell you. Everybody's dealing with turnover. That's what they'll tell you. But the Patriots are, are dealing with a unique and one of the most like hyperbolic levels of turnover in the history of the franchise. Seriously, uh, Maybe in the history of the league, where they're dealing with a quarterback who has won six Super Bowls And he's leaving. Cam Newton's coming in. And not only is Cam Newton, you know, he's a good player, don't get me wrong, but he's a totally different player than Brady. So not only are you changing quarterbacks from one of the best in history, but you're changing to a totally different style of quarterback. It's it's an adjustment in how coaches call plays, in how players study the playbook, et cetera. Timing on routes is different for the receivers, and the quarterback's sort of favorite go-to option could change from Edelman to you know maybe Harry or something to that degree. Probably not in that case. But what I'm alluding to is is this is like a rapid and vast transformation on one side of the ball. And and defense is is like that, too, where their whole linebacker, of course, it's just gone. Byron Jones, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, signed with Miami. And then they they had three first-round draft picks. That that really bolstered that offense um, with a tackle, and I guess we won't see Tua, but probably won't. But they don't have that much turnover. Like these are just upgrades to a, to an offense and a defense that was already pretty good at the end of last season. You could see them gaining momentum. I mean, they were the laughing stock of the NFL. I mean, remember when they ran that like ladder play? And the sort of internet exploded like the most Dolphins play ever. And it felt so emblematic of how bad they were. But then all of a sudden, here we are in week 17. I'm talking about last season. They were beating the Patriots. Here we are in week one. They're playing the Patriots again. And it's this interesting litmus test. I don't, maybe I'm getting a little too wrapped up in narratives here, but I just see a very obvious case for Miami to, at least in week one, get an easy win over New England. At Gillette Stadium, which will be empty,
2: and then really quick, um, I know you guys posted about this this sports betting website that posted odds of uh, Belichick leaving before the start of the twenty twenty one season at plus two hundred. That's pretty good. That's pretty good odds. Are you taking action on that?
3: Uh, I have no interest in that. <laughs> Bill Belichick is an impossible man to predict. I mean, I, I, look, if he did retire, I, I could see it kind of making some sense. Belichick's cleared the cap space for years to come. He found Cam Newton, who could be the quarterback of the future, and they could use some of that cap space. There are ways that you know, if Belichick decided to step away, he could have a pretty clean break to hand it off to Josh McDaniels and be like, Hey, here you go. You know, you've got Cam Newton or, you got a really high draft pick. Start your rebuild, if you will. It, it, the narrative is kind of there, but I just don't think Belichick's done with football yet. I think he's uh, I think he's like committed to coaching a little while without Brady, so just one year uh, without Brady doesn't really make a lot of sense to me.
2: Sunday, officially, this is a whopper. It's the official start of the post-Tom Brady era, the official start of the Cam Newton era. It's kind of a whopper. It's kind, This is kind of a big moment in uh, Patriots football history. It all gets going on Sunday at 1 p.m. We'll be back next week to break it all down. Henry, George enjoy- the games this weekend
3: thanks for uh thanks for bringing me on
2: we'll catch you next time on the patriots wire podcast
1: this usa today sports podcast has been presented by usa today's sports media group and is available in your favorite podcast store Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates. The latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini and the Huddle Podcast. Inside the Weekly Line with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.